At Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, choose 18 months no payments and no interest or $300 off each window, $700 off a Pella entry system, and $1,000 off a patio door. Get details at PellaWI.com. Restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. I did not intend on starting the show this way. And to be honest with you, it wasn't until, hmm, let's see, it's 12.10 right now. It probably wasn't until maybe 11.50, yeah, 11.50, 11.52 or so, um, that I was informed of something that, well, literally, and you know how much I don't like using that word and I think it's misused, it literally stopped me in my tracks I took a right turn, and instead of walking into the studio here to get ready for the big program, I took a right turn, and I walked back into one of the far darker corners of the WTMJ programming office, and that is where I find my colleague, my teammate, Ashton Rotman, producer on ESPN 94.5. He's a producer here on TMJ. You've been with the, uh, the, the WTMJ family for many, many years. Now, Ashton, who joins me in studio, and again, thanks for doing this truly at the last minute, because you have, and I alluded to with crosstalk with uh, Scafidi, you have experienced something that I know a lot of people in our listening audience, well, maybe not a lot, but I know some in our listening audience have experienced, and that would be somebody having their, uh, uh, somebody breaking into their car, having a car broken into. It sucks. But raise your hand if you're out there and say, yeah, it happened to me once. Okay. All right. Now, it's like one of those, it's like we're doing one of those things. Everybody stand up. Sit down if you've never had your car broken into. Okay. Now, how many of you have had your car broken into and then at another point in life had your car stolen altogether? Okay. That really sucks. Okay. But you got it back, you got it repaired, it was fixed, you're driving it again. All right, now raise your hand if you once had your car broken into, you once had your car stolen, and then you had it stolen again within how long? 30 days. 30 days of the last time it was stolen. I am sorry, I have never known anybody that fits that criteria until right now, right here. Ashton Rotman, your car was stolen last night for the second time in a month. Sorry, it's not funny. Stop laughing. And sorry, two months. In, in, two months. First, a second time in two months. Can you? And you are. I called you the happy warrior. You are a very happy warrior. You are far too happy for a man that has been hosed by criminal activity in this city as frequently as you have how are you doing today i'm fine i just a little you bit shouldn't be i'm a little bit tired i had to wake up like half hour early cause that's when the police came to my door um but other than, i had to ride an uber for the first time today solo by myself so it's kind of a big day for me otherwise a pretty normal day I'll, a couple more phone calls than i usually make but pretty normal there are people listening right now going come on that, that you, you can't be 
This guy, it's the same, and it's the same vehicle. So, can you just walk us through? Because sure. a year ago at this time, yes, not a care in the world. You are driving your uh, what, what is it again? So I, I drive a Kia Sportage, oh, a twenty twenty one Kia. He's driving Sportage. a Kia, folks. So you know yeah. Yeah. you're asking for it. You know what? You're to blame. I I agree. I honestly I wish I would have done some more research and thought about this. This is mostly my fault. Yeah, I, I bought it Memorial Day weekend of twenty twenty one. And wow. Memorial Day was the first so, incident. So you three days. I had three, it for three days? days before the first incident. Scott. And describe that incident. The incident was I was out in River West. It was a beautiful day, Memorial Day, if anyone mm-hmm. remembers, grilling outside, having some fun, having some some fun with some friends. Uh, I go outside and somebody says, Oh, you said you drive a red Kia, right? Yeah, that's me. It just got uh, broken into. Oh, that's a fun way to spend your day. Mm-hmm. So I go out there, I clean up the glass. Uh, from the grass a little bit. You know, I don't want people stepping in it. And then I clean it up from my car, and then I call the police and do all that that shebang. And then uh, I don't have my car for two weeks after that as they fix the rear window. Sure. Okay. Maybe you think, oh, bad omen, just whatever. Stuff happens. That's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it back. Nothing, nothing. Nothing until this this winter. And then Ju- January 20th rolls around. Okay. So you're dr- have there been any incidents or any suspicious activity? No. You know you drive a Kia. Yeah, I know. So have you always or or – not always, but since you purchased it, have you had a sense of, all right, I got a rather popular car when it comes yes. to the criminal in the, uh, uh, criminals yeah. in this community? I, I definitely was on my mind most mm-hmm. of the time. I was mindful mm. of where I was parking. I was mm. I was keeping, keeping an eye on things. You know, I was just trying to be safe and smart and everything was fine. It did get, right. uh, it got moved, not towed. I believe that's a new term, but that was all on me. That was my fault. It's because I can't read signs. Yeah, that doesn't count. So that one's fine. That was just bad. That, although, however, that should have been bad luck number two. I should have been like, hmm, maybe something bad is going to happen because bad things happen in threes. And as I've learned and we will get discuss, okay. happens in fours. So, car broken into three mm-hmm. days after you buy it last Memorial Day, mm-hmm. which by the way, we're not even a year out from yet. Correct. Yeah. Then we fast forward to January 20th of this year. A date. Which will live in infamy. Yes. What happened on January 20th of this year, which would be just over two months ago. Uh, Yes. uh, I walked out to the parking lot here at the station. Uh Uh-oh. And there was, uh, my car was not in the spot that I had parked in. You would be shocked. Somebody else's car was parked there. And I thought, maybe that's not actually where I parked. My first genuine thought Mm -hmm. was, I may have parked in the other parking lot. Took a couple of steps, stopped, Mm -hmm. said, no, that's not right. That is where I parked. Went to the spot, saw the broken glass, and said, okay, I guess I know what I'm doing with the rest of my day today, which is figuring this situation out. So you walked out, and we should point out that we have a big parking lot that is yep, yep. a gated parking lot. Yep. You chose to park in, uh, we have a handful of spots that are outside the gate. About 10 feet from the door, yes, there's cameras there. There's, it's right. gated. It's not really near anything. That's where I decided to park that day. I remember my excuse is it was super cold that day. Didn't really feel like walking. Fine. I thought it was fine. Look, my fault. That, we're, not, we're not excusing criminal behavior in this city. So on January 20th, you walk out there and yep. you see another another familiar sight. The glass, those little, which, you know, if it's not your car, it's kind of a beautiful piece of artwork on the concrete, I feel, sometimes, with I, the sun glistening off the shards I don't of glass. I understand that. It's, it, 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 you know, the, the light catches it just right. And there it is. And you have deja vu. Except this time, the car's not there as it was last time. Correct. So now my first thought is, okay, I think this is on video somewhere. Let's go get the video. So I go and I go to our wonderful front desk here at Radio City. We see the video. Guess what? At 5 o'clock is when I found this out. It happened at 8.45 in the morning. 
Just in the the day, there were three other cars around it. There was a car, I think, near it when it happened. Just Mm -hmm. take take the car. Pretty brash. I would have given them a ride had they really needed one. I think anyone that knows me knows that's true. So on January 20th, your car is stolen. Yep. How soon thereafter is it recovered? Is it found? It was found... mm, I was notified by the police at 1.30 the next morning. Okay, so, so less the 24, than 24 hours. Yes, so less than 24 hours. I'm notified by the police. Here it is. It's going to the tow lot. We'll take care of it from there. And the condition at that time was? Uh, it needed, I'll just say, this is the best way to describe it, $6,000 worth of, of work to get it fixed. I didn't have it for 36 days. Okay. So it took $6,000 worth of uh, repairs. Mm-hmm. You did not have your car for 36 days. 36 days, yes. Which brings, and that was, so that was from January 20th, to February the, 20th, February 26th? Yep, right around February 26th. The last weekend of February, Ashton gets his Kia back. His Kia that has already been broken into once, that has now been stolen, parts and damage done, but it's it's fixed. Which brings us to what unfolded in the overnight hours last night, Monday into Tuesday. You think it can't get any worse? Guess what? It gets a lot, lot worse in two minutes. Jeff is out. I am Scott. And Ashton Rotman, our colleague, our teammate here at Radio City, Taking us through what I have uh, found to be one of the most incredible stories of auto theft that I have ever heard, <laughs> let alone uh, have known somebody uh, to go through. When we last left off, your car was broken into. Yep. It was then stolen. Yep. It was damaged. Yep. It was repaired for six thousand dollars in thirty-six days, and um, that takes us to the events of the overnight hours. Uh, 4 a.m. this morning, mm-hmm. I get the oh, police knock. You know, everyone knows a police knock. Not everyone, Ashton. Well, not I know, everyone. I know it now. I've never had a police knock. Can I just go on the record? I have no idea you what the police the knock po- is. You know the police knock. I anyone here? never You've know. seen Law & Order. Oh. It's the police knock. It's the... That's the police knock. So you get that at the door. Okay. I get up. So I don't know what's going on here. I see in the, through the people that it's the, the police officers. I know immediately in my mind what has happened. I just, I know. I know exactly. I don't bother going to look out the window. You should. I know immediately what happens. Open the door. Uh, hello. Hi, are you Ashton? Unfortunately, I am. And they say, uh, we're here to tell you your car's stolen. And, and said, your immediate reaction is? I laughed. And you I, did. I laughed and Again, I said, I'm he's sure He's a happy it is. warrior. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. I said, all right, come on in. Tell me what happened. So they come in, tell me what's going on, and- they, they tell me what had happened. And what has happened on my street, which is Cold Spring Road in right. Greenfield, there was a row, or there, there are a row of apartment buildings, and there are lots that are not locked or gated or anything. They're just in the back behind the buildings. Right. Easily accessible. There's, you know, 15 cars in each of these mm-hmm. lots. There were several uh, reports throughout the, the overnight hours. I'd parked there at 8 p.m., and I hadn't looked outside or been anywhere since then. Somewhere between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. When, when I was alerted, there had been three to four break-ins of cars throughout the street this is where the police officer's like and then we chased one of the cars and it was my car they okay so your car was stolen again in the overnight hours mm-hmm. and this time the police engaged it in a in a, in chase. a chase yeah kind of wish i was there for that would have been interesting mm. um they chased it to last of my knowledge somewhere in tosa 
on Blue Mound Road. Mm. That was the, to my knowledge, they had thrown the the, t- the strip out there to flatten the yeah. tires. The driver was driving erratically, shockingly, I guess at this point. So the police officer said, "Well, we're going to drive a little bit safer, and we'll figure it out from here." So they came and discussed it with me and told me what was going on. So as we speak here at twelve twenty four Central Time, you don't I still know, don't know what's going on. You don't know where your no. car is. No, I'm wait- I'm waiting for the the. I've got my phone right here. I've, I've, I'm still waiting for the officer. I'm kind of hoping they call right now. I think it'd be fun for us. Uh, but they they put them on the put them on, on the air. Yeah, I put them on speakerphone. Uh, no, no, no idea. That the the Greenfield Police Department was super nice, helpful. Sure. Uh, well, the last time it wasn't as fun of an experience. They they just weren't as nice. I don't know. But they were they were nice this morning, what? which is great. Can I ask you something? Sure. Why aren't you more upset? To put it mildly. I go throughout life thinking, if I get upset at something, is it going to solve anything? And more often than not, it's not going to. So I am I am aware of this. I'm frustratingly, not even just positive, just like sometimes meh, like it happens. Anyone asks me what's going on, I'm just like, it happens. Like, it's, I'll fix it. I'll, so it, It's not the end of the world. At some point, your Kia, and yeah. again, that's the theme here because we know the um, prized possession, I guess, that is a Kia. Which is really amazing. At some point... Well, we we hope it'll be recovered. I, I'm not hoping that actually. Okay, if they were to call and say we have it, what's your decision? I mean, are you going to? I mean, I, I'm, I'm three strikes. It, I yeah, you're going for a fourth strike. Essentially here, here yeah. And there's there's no four strikes unless you're bunting a foul ball. So. Are you going to get rid of this thing yes. no matter what condition yes. it's in? Yes. So yeah. you're done. I'm done. And you're not going to go the Kia route again. Clearly, C- correct. Hmm. I, I I'm going to have to do some research. Right. You'll have to buy a new car. Is there any part of you that feels... Responsible? Because I'll tell you why. I do. You, why? A little bit. Why? Well, the first time... Because you drive a Kia? No. No. Well, no, well, a little bit of that. No. The first time I parked outside of a gated lot, if I parked literally, literally five feet away from where I parked, my car doesn't get stolen the first time. That's number one. Number two, I have now a, a, a wheel lock. I didn't use it last night. I'm not. I I don't even think to use it in my apartment complex. That could. Be, I'm not. Look, the car would have been damaged probably. And who knows? Maybe they would have been able to, to pick it or whatever. But like, I, that's that's on so me. it's really that easy. Is people were asking? It, it it it's really, it's really that easy to steal. I mean, if a you're Kia. interested, you can go on YouTube and find videos. Okay. Yeah, we probably. Yeah, we don't have to. Not, not that not the people listening to this show right now right. are going to go. Hang on, let's let me take notes. Um, first of all, you should not feel sorry for this. I, I'm sorry. You, you should not feel uh, uh, responsible for this. Like a little bit, though. A little bit. No. No. That's ridiculous. That's unnecessary guilt. You should not feel that way at all. Um, I was wondering, you know, is there any part of you that thinks you're giving in by buying a new car and not getting a Kia? Like, you're, you're letting yeah, the why wouldn't I? You like a Kia. You, you like fine. the amenities of the vehicle. There's a reason you purchased it in the first yes. place. Whatever. It, yes. It's to your it was, liking. It was I, it was an enjoyable experience uh, when, you know, the days that I had it. But you're letting them win, are you not? <laughs> what am I going to do? Keep losing? Either, either way, it's not a. It's not like I'm going to win the situation. I win the situation by getting a different car. Mm. I win the situation by parking inside the gated lock. I win the situation by having the wheel lock on the wheel. Would have helped a little bit. I give credit to you for your mindset, for your uh, optimistic, uh, cheery demeanor in what would otherwise be an absolutely mind-blowing um, 
Is very it upsetting. Can you explain this? Is situation? it that big of it? I just yeah. I don't, okay, I don't, okay. I don't okay. think like you. What, what? What? What don't you think? I, I don't th- like. I think it. It sucks, and it's you know. It, yes. It ruins part of my day until I get things figured out, which I have. So it's fine now. But like, you don't see this as a bigger problem. I. Th- I why think, am I? Why? I don't know. There That's are people I'm listening out. right now. There are texters coming in. They are more upset about this than you are. Yeah, I've got a lot of people lined up. <laughs> They're mad about this, and I'm like, you don't. It's. I appreciate that other people feel this way about it. Uh, for me, for the situation, but it's like, I, it, it happens. Anybody want to? Let's do this here. We'll take the break. We'll have news when we come back. Can can we'll just can somebody can people please explain to, to Ashton why he should be more upset about this? Eight five five six one six one six twenty on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Maybe you're just too nice, which is very you know possible. Eight five five. 616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Scott Water sitting in for Jeff Wagner. Just for a segment longer. We know you, you've got to get back to work. You're doing things. It's the middle of your day or almost towards I'm the end of your day. also not important enough for this. Well, no, but here's the thing. This is so surreal. Car broken into, stolen twice as we speak. It's somewhere out there. And I'm more upset, and based on the text messages, there are people more upset about your situation than you are, which is a credit to you. Um, A text said, um, Ashton, the last thing you should do is blame yourself. The city and county has broken all records last year and this year for carjacking and auto thefts. Um, You should be upset, 414. You're excusing criminal behavior. You're victim-blaming by blaming yourself. Your attitude will only encourage... The miscreants, good word, and criminals out there um, as well. Where was Mary here? Mary in Brookfield said she's impressed with your cheerful and positive outlook. Clearly a glass is half full guy. You're very fortunate. Um, All right. Michael in Lake Geneva. Michael, I do not understand why this guy over here, Ashton Rotman, is not more upset that his car was broken into, stolen twice, and is currently on the lam all within a year of his buying it. I don't understand it. I would be so upset. I'd be pounding down the door at City Hall for whatever that would be worth. (laughs) Because that's what everybody does these days. Ashton has, he's dialed into the perfect mindset. You know what? He can sit there and get angry all day long. He can point fingers. He can rage. He can go on social media and whine and moan. And you know what? You know, he's, he's working within the context of what he can do. And there's not much he can do. He's got to leave it to the police. And this mindset is if the rest of the world could adopt this thing that, Hey, you know what? This sucks. But I know that I'll just go with it until it runs its course. You can be mad at, that, that this is going on. Obviously, it's, it's a terrible epidemic in Milwaukee. However, for your own well-being, for, uh, you know, uh, talking with friends, you know what? When you can show this, uh, I'll call it zen, it is absolutely the right mindset and I wish the rest of the world would catch on, on on every topic out there because we're supposed to be outraged by everything. Well, so Ashton, well, go ahead. My man, Michael. Well, okay, but but Michael, is it not true the mantra that uh, what is it the 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 squeaky wheel gets the oil or gets the grease or something like that? Early I mean, bird gets the worm. No, that's a different moniker that does not apply in this case. No, it, but if you want change, and this is something that everybody wants change. 
don't you have to be a little upset? Don't don't you have to kind of shout from the mountaintop? You've got thousands of squeaky wheels there in Milwaukee. Car after car after car is stolen, and it is at the it is at the forefront of uh, the news uh, of of uh, conversational uh, shows up there in Milwaukee. I have uh, dear friends who are moving to Milwaukee in uh, four months, and I haven't said anything, but I'm I'm kind of terrified that they're going to come driving up in a Kia yeah. and uh, or a Honda. And their welcome to uh, Milwaukee is going to be a stolen vehicle. Everybody knows about it. I don't know necessarily what can be done other than the wheel locks and uh, and, yeah. and somehow being able to get these people off the street. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. I I appreciate it. All right, we'll take uh, Jeff. Jeff in Milwaukee. Jeff, you are more upset about Ashton's situation than Ashton is about his situation, aren't you? Well, yes. First of all. Like I said, I know somebody who had their car stolen that was less than a year old, and they were paying car payments, and then their car was totaled out. I mean, no, I'm sorry, an accident. Totaled out, and she had to pay car payments after her car, no long, she no longer had a car because she didn't have gap insurance. Right. That is and bad. So you could be paying for a car. Yeah, you pay for a car you don't have. So, and it's like, I don't own a Kia, but mm-hmm. I'm just disgusted about other cars are being sold in just period along the way because our rates are all going to go up. We're all going to pay for it some way or another. Yes. Okay. So, so, all right, Jeff, thank you. So, so to that point, Ashton, Mm -hmm. are we not all going to (laughs) pay? Are we not all going to pay? We are all not all going to pay for the criminal activity. Well, look, it, um, how are you getting home today? Uh, I'll ask uh, one of our friends here, unless you want to give me a ride. I'll ask one of. Well, I, I'm going to get a ride to the rental uh, oh, car, and okay. then I'll go get a rental car, yeah. and then easy peasy. One one day of str- it's fine. If you take nothing else from this show, I don't. Not you. I'm talking to <laughs> others. If take take the demeanor of an Ashton Rotman, because if that happened to me, I would be completely distracted. Like I couldn't even concentrate to do the show. You barely sound like you concentrate anyway. No, my point is. I don't know how you've been able to compartmentalize this, maybe because you're used to this happening by now or what, but um, good on you. Take nothing else from this show. Take the uh, spirit and mentality of an Ashton Rotman whose car has been broken into and stolen twice in less than a year. It is pretty remarkable. Thanks, Scott. There you go. WTMJ and Jane Matinair are teaming up with the Brewers Community Foundation to collect pet supplies for the Wisconsin Humane Society. And here's what you can do. You join Jane on Wednesday, April 13th. Wednesday, April 13th from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. outside Hellfair Field. Right outside, uh, which is outside uh, uh, AmpFam Field, right? They'll be collecting dog toys, canned and dry food for cats and dogs, cat litter, uh, training leashes, doggy treats, all that good stuff for your four-legged friends. For more info, head to WTMJ.com. WTMJ Cares, sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. If you have a gated parking lot, park within the gate. That's, what would, that's the moral of the story there. Um... Somebody said something to me yesterday that I have heard from several people now. 
in the ramp up to next Tuesday's election. By the way, next Tuesday, mayoral city of Milwaukee, and there are other elections I know around the area, state, things like that. But here in Milwaukee, or close to home, we have the Milwaukee uh, mayoral election, right? Battling Bob Donovan, Cavalier, Chevy Johnson. And I have, it's just anecdotally in large part, but I have heard from more than one person the same thing said about this race. And that is, it is yet another decision that we're making on a ballot between two candidates that do not excite them at all. It is... And I feel like these things are coming more fast and more furious nowadays, whether it's local, state, national, whatever. You look at the two names, sometimes more, but the names on the ballot, you go, well, I guess this person isn't as bad as that person, or nobody really, or, or neither name really does it for me, so I guess this person is okay. And it's has struck me in recent weeks, because Donovan, to the credit of Donovan and Johnson, um, they have done, gosh, I don't know, seven, eight debates. I mean, they, they will have, I mean, it's not exactly Lincoln Douglas, maybe, but they, they've put themselves out there. And it's to the credit of the campaigns and the local media that have been able to formulate these uh, forums and things like that. And yet, as much as we are seeing from them and hearing from them, there really is a sense of a... Uh, Bob Donovan, I don't know. I mean, he's been here a long time. He retired as alderman. Then he decided to come back and run for mayor. Kind of been there, done that. I know he portrays himself and fancies himself to be kind of an old-school politician and his relationship building and things like that. But still, there's a... There's not a lot of new and fresh with Bob Donovan. That's the sentiment that I'm hearing. Then on the other side, you go, all right, here you have Cavalier Johnson, acting mayor right now since Barrett left for Luxembourg. And the hmm, label or the narrative around uh, Johnson is, you know, I really want to be excited for Cavalier Johnson, but he just doesn't. Give me something to, 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 to dig my teeth into. He just doesn't give me something that makes me go, yeah, that's right. That's the guy. That's my guy. I want to vote for him. A new voice. And he's a little too polished, a little too buttoned down, maybe. His responses come across a little too scripted. At any rate, a week from today... Those of you who are residents of the city of Milwaukee are going to be walking into your polling place and are going to be deciding which one of these two men is going to lead the city of Milwaukee for the next little while here, right? For the foreseeable future and lead this post-Barrett era in a lot of ways. Heck, we talked about the crime. That's certainly at the top of the list for as much as the mayor can affect crime and affect anything, really, which is another conversation for another day. But I thought we'll do this for just a couple of minutes here because we're a week out and decisions have to start being formed here.
does either one of these guys do it for you? I mean, you're going to pick one or the other. I realize that. But it strikes me how meh, in a word, if that is a word, this race is, has turned. Not very exciting. Neither one really rallying the, rallying the, uh, the base to get around them, whatever the case may be. But there's a sense of just meh going on out there. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Where are you right now, Milwaukeeans especially? You'll be the ones voting. I'm in West Dallas. Uh, full disclosure, I will not be uh, able to cast a vote in the Milwaukee mayoral race. 855-616-1620. I sense no energy, very low enthusiasm when it comes to this mayoral race. And we're a week away. I would, I would have thought there'd be more. Am I wrong? Do you sense that enthusiasm? Do you feel that, yes, there's a groundswell for Donovan, for, for Johnson? I don't know that it's out there. I really don't. I doubt it. And I'm happy to be proven otherwise, or tell me what else is happening there on the ground. But I don't feel it. I don't feel it at all. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I feel like this is a city of Milwaukee. These are residents of Milwaukee that want more. More bold. More bold? Are these two guys bold enough? Are they big and bold enough in terms of what this city needs to kind of, I don't know, shake it a little bit and rattle it? from the malaise that it's been in for a while now? Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Your calls and texts when we come back. I did not catch this on television on Sunday, but Bruce texted in, Scott, did you watch the debate? Did you see the candidate's shoes? What? How is it possible that two candidates for the mayor of Milwaukee could wear such horrible, cheesy footwear? The city is doomed. Oh, I, I've never voted for a candidate based on footwear before. I, I didn't. I, now, now I've got to go back and I got to find like a still shot of uh, the debate on on Sunday. Uh, Connie is in Greenfield. Connie, I want the juice. Where's the energy? Where's the boldness? Where Where's the juice in this election, uh, Connie? I got nothing. <laughs> I feel there's nothing as well. I totally agree with you. I uh, I don't. I I lived in the city of Milwaukee for 30 years. I don't live there right now, but like 90% of my family does. And um, watching, all right. I think Cavalier Johnson is just trying to make appearances at everything, and um, is trying to say the right thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I agree that he's going to do the right thing. And um, Donovan, I was sick of Donovan when Donovan was in office because he always says the same things over and over again. But I don't think that Donovan has the capability of being the mayor. And um, Cavalier Johnson seems to be running just on the fact that He's acting mayor. He keeps trying to remind everybody mm. that he's acting mayor. 
Yeah. So that, between the two of them, yeah. I think we're being between a rock and a hard place. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks, Connie. Um, you live in Greenfield. You, you're calling from Greenfield, but yes, clearly the uh, the collar communities are uh, and should be deeply invested, deeply invested in the result of this race. I, I think um, I think Connie described it pretty well. Um, you know, Bob Donovan is, is hitting on topics and saying things that he's been hitting on and saying for a long, long, long time. And um, again, I think with, with bold, fresh ideas comes new. Maybe maybe if I find, he's got to do a better job of finding new ways of saying the old stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Lucy, uh, less than a minute, Lucy. Your thoughts on this rather... Underwhelming mayoral race in Milwaukee. Well, I've been a supporter of Cavalier Johnson since he first announced. Yes, he's cautious. Yes, he refuses to pander either to his base, which would broadly be the black community, and they're all mad at him because he won't pander to them, um, to some of the the politicians who think they know best. Um, He will be, he'll be, a unifier. He'll represent everybody in the city, including north side, south side. Donovan would be a total disaster. He's a one-trick pony. I've been watching but don't, him. But Lu- Lu- Lucy, 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 don't you want Chevy to be a little bit more bold? Come on, loosen the collar a little yeah. bit. Get off script for a while. Well, the problem with that is if you do that, you know, he's running from the position of being the front runner. He's running not to lose votes. Also, isn't that dangerous? Though, isn't that dangerous? Isn't that dangerous to 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 play it? Uh, you know, so conservatively, small C. Well, it might or might not be because if he shoots up his mouth and says he's going to do stuff he can't do, people are going to remember that at the next election. And I think he's running to be mayor for more than one term. Well, um, see, here's I the thing, Lucy. Lu- 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 I, I, I appreciate the call. I I, I got to let you go because I'm I'm running up against it. But I. First of all, if you're running for your second or third term and you haven't been elected to your first term, I don't know if that's really the route you want to go. I mean, I'm no political, I, I am not a political uh, uh, advisor or anything, but that doesn't make sense to, I mean, just let's one term at a time, one election at a time. Um, will anything change in the next week? Between now and a week from now, will anything change? No, probably not. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Rolling through your Tuesday afternoon. Jeff is out all this week. I'll be with you again on Thursday. Hmm. So we talked about the mayoral race at the end of the 12 o'clock hour. Kevin Nicholson, who is running for the Republican nomination to challenge Governor Tony Evers, so we're focusing now statewide here, put out an idea. It's not the first time you've heard this idea, and it would be to make the state legislature, lawmakers, part-time. Kevin Nicholson wants to cut state lawmakers' time and pay. Now, my guess is if you walked into anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, you said, what do you think? 
Should we cut the state lawmakers' time and pay? I would say most people would probably instinctually go, heck yeah, or stronger. Absolutely. They make too much money. They don't work long enough or just don't work enough as it is. Let's chop this thing down. Let's make it a part-time situation. Did you know, incidentally, that in the the state of Wisconsin, we are one of, guess, how many states do you think, including including us, have a legislature considered to be full-time? I was somewhat surprised, and maybe I'm ignorant on the topic or just in, in the background of it. We're one of only 10 states. I would have guessed half. I don't know, maybe half have full time, considered full-time. We're one of only 10 with a state legislature considered to be full-time. So Kevin Nicholson says, people that work regular jobs in the private sector that can start to say, okay, you know, I can't park my business or my life or my job just to be a legislator, but you know what? Honestly, if there's a more constricted thing and it's a part-time role and everybody accepts that you could continue to work in the private sector, sure, I could stand up and serve. That's right. He is using the part-time idea as a way to maybe attract new blood, attract other Wisconsinites to thinking, hey, you know what? I could run for office. To which I would say, I don't know if that's the reason people aren't running. I think there are a few other reasons why people would go, I want no part of that. But the thing that I'm debating, and I would ask you to weigh in, is we have a state legislature that is full-time. Uh, the pay is about 50, was it 55, 55,000 plus per year, but they get pension and health insurance and a stipend, don't forget, the stipend for their travel to Madison for work. Which makes more sense? Bring the legislature down to part-time, part-time status from full-time status, or, or, as others have suggested, perhaps just ensure they work more. Make sure that the sessions they're in are more regular. Make sure that they're longer sessions than the calendar, than the schedule they keep now. Do you see the difference there? Do we bring it down to part-time status? Or, hey, here's what you're getting paid. Here's the compensation. Rebecca Clayfish makes a good point in her response to Nicholson. She says Nicholson misunderstands the role of lawmakers. She says, you know, they get the per diem for actually coming into work. But it is incumbent upon them as part of their job responsibilities to answer constituent issues and solve problems every day. If you're a legislature, you should be on a call 24-7. I mean, that's public service. So, which is absolutely right. So is it a matter of bringing the legislature down, down to part-time, or leave those wages and those benefits as they are and simply ensure and make sure that the legislature itself and the lawmakers are working at the level, the hours, the sessions, that warrant that pay. Bring it down to part-time, 
Or how about we just uh, tighten our belt a little bit when it comes to the actual hours being kept in Madison and the length of the various legislative sessions and just make sure they're there. And Clayfish says, well, we're always there. They're always there. It's a 24-7 job. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a philosophical debate per se, but it's now becoming an issue in the governor's race, specifically here on the Republican side with Nicholson and um, and Clayfish. I know if you're wondering, well, what have, have lawmakers weighed in? No, not really. Um, Lemahue and Voss have not uh, commented, at least when reached for comment, they have not commented on this Nicholson idea. And let's be honest, <laughs> the next law, there are, I won't say the next lawmaker, but there are very, very, very few lawmakers that go, you know what? Yep. I, I, am, I am paid so much more than I should, and I work a lot less than I probably should, considering what I get paid. But if you had to I guess, cast an up or down vote, figuratively speaking. Bring the lawmakers down to part-time hours and wages, commiserate with, with, uh, 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 commiserate with, with part-time, or just say, hey, <laughs> make sure you're in your office, make sure you are actually working the time, and extend those formal legislative sessions to match what you're already getting paid. There's two different ways of looking at it. There are two different lenses, as it were, through which to view this issue. Which lens would you look through? 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Everybody can define full-time differently, I suppose, based on your own particular career. Scott Warrison for Jeff Wagner. Your calls and texts in two minutes on WTMJ. Nicholson, bring the lawmakers down to part-time. It's actually uh, Representative Tim Ramphan, who's also running for the governor of the GOP primary, mind you, said, well, instead of making them part-time, let's just make sure lawmakers work more often in the state capitol to fully earn their full-time salary and benefits. He says, I think there's too much part-time right now. Saying lawmakers are busy and often in the Capitol uh, on odd-numbered years until a new state budget is passed in June, then everybody thinks they're on vacation until September or October. And uh, Clayfish, again, kind of in the middle, as it were, saying Nicholson never served, doesn't really understand, they get the stipend. It is a 24-7 job. It is a 24-7. Like, I understand that. You are making yourself available, and that is a valid point. You're making yourself available to your constituents all the time. All the time. You should at least anyway. You should at least. Does that mean you're taking their calls at like a complaint at 1.30 in the morning? Maybe not. But still, you're open to addressing emergencies at any given time. So, if you had two options here, bring the legislature down to part-time or ensure that they're living up to their full-time pay and benefits, which one would you choose? Especially if the latter meant longer legislative sessions, more times in office, or more time, actual hours in office, things like that. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and 
text line. Start and walk a shot to John. Hello, John. Good afternoon, sir. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I kind of think it's not the smartest idea to push it to a part-time job just because you're going to cut your pool of you know, potential people down so much. Like I'm an engineer and I work, you know, a good amount of hours and I can't imagine we're putting, you know, a part-time job on or someone who's a teacher who, you know, you have such a strict schedule that you can't just take a day to go be in session. You know, you're going to run out of, you know, you have so little personal days and you're going to run out of that or someone who's a nurse who has, you know, a pretty strict schedule as it is. So I think just by trying to push people to part-time, you know, it's, you still have to get to Madison. You have to, you know, you have your session on top of that and you have to get home. It's just not something that I see working out the way he wants. It's going to be a lot of doctors and lawyers and people like mm-hmm. that. And kind of set the schedule more that you're going to get. So you're saying kind of opposite of what Nicholson is claiming. Nicholson is saying if it's part-time, that might be more attractive to people. But you're saying it could work against people running because, yeah, it'd be great to be part-time, but I can't, I don't have the time even for part-time. I can't tie, take time away from my teaching job, for example, to be a part-time legislator. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and then on top of that, you have family commitments and you know your personal life on top of it. I just don't see that working hmm. out very well. Would you ever run? I used to think I would, but no. It's just too toxic and divided right now. Really? So once upon a time, you thought, man, maybe maybe I should run for something. When I was younger, I you know, mm-hmm. had a little bit more, I don't know, naive is the right word, but just, mm-hmm. you know, thought, you know, you can maybe make a better difference in the world, mm-hmm. but things are just too divided and no one wants to work together. Mm-hmm. Thanks, John. I appreciate uh, your reflection right there. 855-616-1620. That's interesting what he said there at the end. I have to double back on that in just a second. Uh, Mike is uh, calling us from Illinois, south of the border. Hello, Mike. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? I'm okay. What are your thoughts on this one here? So I thought that all legislators work full-time. I was shocked to learn that only 10 out of 50 uh, work part-time. I'm pretty sure Illinois is uh, full-time. My brother is a lobbyist, so in fact he was driving down to Springfield today, and he only has to be down there when they're in session. So it's not a lot of time that they are in session, but when they are in session, it's, you know, they're, they're pretty busy. Mm. And when they come home, they do have to take care of the, uh, you know, the, um, their constituents, and obviously when they're away too. The one thing I think um, you didn't mention is besides having the pay, the, you know, the, whatever, the 55000 and right. the... Uh, per diem. They also have offices in their hometown and their uh, um, capital office, as well as staff in both of those places. So I think they all have people that are handling those calls that you talk about that they get from constituents. Um, I think the, full, the part-time thing has some merit because I think you would get probably some very high energy people, but I tend to agree with the first caller that it would be very difficult, I think, to be committed to a job uh, position like a legislator and a family. I think that would be extremely difficult. I think one would have to give, and you know, it'd be very difficult to you know decide which one. So yeah. um, I you know, think you you make a good point, Mike. To- when it comes to the, um, I guess the mobility of the office, it it's and I didn't mean to paint it in a you're either in Madison or you're not on the clock. 
Because you're right. There right. are other offices you hold, your district office, for example, your home office, obviously. Um, and, and as we all know very well, you can do your job to a certain extent remotely now. I mean, we've we've perfected Absolutely. the art of the of the conference call or of the Zoom call, and that's the way the legislature has operated. And we have all kinds of governmental bodies operating through a camera lens and through a computer screen now as well. So there are other avenues. There is a mobility there that maybe hasn't always been there uh, for ever, forever. Real quick on the way out, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked our other our other caller. Um, would you did you ever consider running? Just anecdotally, once upon a time, maybe give it a fleeting thought. Um, I, I guess I'm the opposite of the previous caller. So when I was younger, I had no desire at all. But I would say because since about 2010, when I kind of started getting involved um, with local politics, that I mean, I guess I would consider it. I I I don't mind the divisiveness because I think you know that that's going to be there, and it's always been there at some level. It's certainly gotten worse. But I just think it's too important to leave it up to somebody else. And if um, I was called upon to do that, um, I would definitely consider it. Interesting. Thanks for that, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, see, I don't. I don't know if the full-time, part-time thing would flip it for people. I, I don't even know if that's enough. I think there would be more people that are just so strictly turned off by the stench of politics right now that if they made it part-time and I could fit it in my schedule or it's full-time and I have these commitments and it pays this much, that's going to, all right, now I'm in. I don't know if that would really, I guess, move the needle much because there is, I mean, it's one of the most unpopular jobs and careers that you could have right now. And I don't know what would flip that. Is there anything that could flip that? Is there anything, you say, like a a cultural, political shift in feeling, in vibe, in in the environment, politically? I don't know. Could could that flip it for me? Because right now, I mean, there was a point in time, I was a poli-sci minor. So I thought, well, maybe one day. I don't know. That could be very interesting. But <laughs> like like the two callers, I'm sure like some of the texters as well. I don't know. It was now nah, would you No. I'm looking at Rachel is producing. No, shakes her head. No. No. Would The only thing that could change it for me would and I think for a lot of you would be if there was a a drop in toxicity. We'll put it that way. And is that ever going to happen? Scott Warrison for Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Scott Warrison sitting in for Jeff Wagner. Um, I missed this yesterday. Did you see the former president, Donald Trump, at a hole in one? Did you see this? Yeah. He issued a statement. <laughs> That's so Trumpian. Issued a statement confirming that he made a hole in one at his golf club over the weekend. Why are you shaking your head? You don't you don't believe it? After Senate candidate Tim Swain of South Carolina posted a photo to Twitter captioned Trump just made a hole in one, many critics took to social media in doubt, questioning Trump's abilities. 
Here's part of the statement. He wrote, many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It's 100% true. It took place at Trump International Gold Club in West Palm Beach, Florida on the seventh hole, which was playing 181 yards into a slight wind. Okay, there's video out there of uh, not of the tee shot and then the ball rolling, rolling into the hole. It wasn't a televised event, so that doesn't exist. But somebody just took out their camera, one of the people golfing with them, and as he approached the green, he's walking from the uh, fairway, steps onto the green, he enters view, he's wearing his his classic red uh, President of the United States, uh, or no, it's a Make America Great Again, I think that's what it says, and a 45 on the side, the white, you know, the white collared shirt. His typical golf look, and he then saunt, he enters the frame from the left, he saunters onto the green, kind of walks up to the hole, the camera, the phone is then behind him, the phone then gives you a shot down into the hole, and there's the ball. And he says something like, there it is, or something like that. But in his statement, he said, um, or a spokesperson, I guess, after tweeting it, Says uh, He said, I hit a five iron, which, and this is like, I mean, this is a Trumpian statement. Listen to this. I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind with approximately five feet of cut, whereupon it bounded twice and then went clank into the hole. He, uh, he was golfing with a bunch of pros like Ernie Els. There's a name people might know and a few others. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better. But on that one hole, their swings weren't. Oh, see, and then, and then at the end, it's the Trump shot. Got him. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better. But on that one hole, their swings were not better than mine. <laughs> he goes on because, of course, he does. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting. This is such a, I can hear him saying it. Anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting. And people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. Playing with that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. The match was Ernie and me with no strokes against Gene, Mike, and Ken. I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual. And you will then say I was bragging. I don't like people who brag. That's the statement. Is that tongue-in-cheek? Trump had moments of being tongue-in-cheek. And, of course, people don't believe it, And let alone it's a politician, let alone it's Trump, let alone it's golf, because everybody cheats in golf. Right? I never understood that. Can I be honest? I'm not a golfer. I am not a golfer. I took lessons once upon a time, and but it never, it never took, shall we say. But... Cheating is a part of golf, right? And I've never gotten that. I've, you don't hear that in, what are other activities? Bowling? You never hear bowling, people cheating bowling? No. There's something about golf. And I've never gotten that. I've never, because I, I don't play the game. Why is that, I guess, to some extent accepted in, in the game? Can I ask that of our, this is a, Wagner is as big a golfer as there is at the station. Escafidi's up there as well. So we know that there's a pretty big golfing audience. So from a non-golfer to a golfing audience, what's with the cheating? 
I'm not saying Trump cheated. I, I don't really care, quite frankly. The ball was in the hole, according to the video I saw, although you didn't see the tee shot. No, don't fan the flames. Why? Why the cheating with the golf? You don't hear that in any other sport. Not sanctioned, but just... Is there cheating in basketball? You see guys playing a pickup game of basketball, a little three-on-three, five-on-five. There's no cheating there. Like I said, bowling? I'm a big bowler. I don't know that I've ever cheated in bowling. I don't know that you, how, you, how can you cheat in bowling. But there's something with the game of golf... And maybe you don't call it cheating. Maybe it's just the old, uh, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. But it's almost accepted, is it not? There's almost an acceptance when you go out with the guys or the gals. You know what? Dan and Whitefish Bay says you only cheat if you're not good at the sport of golf. Maybe that's it. But there's plenty of people who aren't good at basketball. Why can't I think of more sports that people play recreationally than golf, uh, than uh, than uh, bowling or, or basketball? Come on, golf! Come on, this Wagner audience. These are the golfers. There's no more die-hard audience of golfers in this show, than this audience. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. I want somebody to tell me and explain to me why why there's the old wink wink nod nod cheating in golf. Why is it accepted? Why is it part of the game? It's just, yeah, it's just you and the guys, you and the gals, you're out there, you're having fun. I've never understood it. I really haven't. I don't know of it in any other in any other realm. Why, why is it just part of the game? I'm serious on this one. 855-616-1620. Golfers, come on, you bunch of cheaters out there. on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take your calls. And and if anybody wants to justify it, let me know. Two minutes. Okay. You got some brave souls. Are they going to admit to it? Are they going (laughs) to... All right. Let's see here. Tony is in Dallas. All right, Tony. Uh, hey, golf- how's it going? I'm good. Golfing and the cheating element. Go ahead, and make your case. Well, Why? Well, when I was when I was in high school, I could shoot par. Now I shoot about 20 over par. So I'll kick the ball like out of the woods, or you know, take a second shot off the tee, stuff like that. And that's because why? Oh, because I suck now. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I'm 48 years old. I well, can't hit the ball as far as I used to. <laughs> so does it ever know, eat at you though? Hang on. Does it ever eat at you, Tony? Here you are playing this game, and you're you're not really playing by the rules. Well, you know, I'll take like two strokes off of 18 holes. That's about it, and. You know, that's just like you hit one in the water, like, all right, I'm going to take a mulligan. You know, it's more of that type of thing. Ah, the old mulligan. All right, Tony, thank you. So people cheat in golf because they're old and they get bad. That's uh, that's Tony's uh, explanation. Anyway, uh, Tom, all right, Tom, uh, from a non-golfer to a golfer, why is this a part of the game? Well, the reason people cheat in golf is because they can. <laughs> um, 
That's always I, a horrible I, reason I'm, to I'm explain a, anything. Yeah, I'm a, a kind of a hack as far as golfing. Slightly better than a hack if there is such a thing. But if I hit a, a shot and I'm like a foot behind this thick stump of a tree, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to be able to like shape a shot where it's going to, you know, head toward the green. So I'll just take my foot and kick it out <laughs> so I at least have a shot. And uh, I only golf a handful of times, so it's, yeah. it's it's good fun with me and my buddies. And a lot of times I don't even keep score when I golf. Okay. Um, I kind of know what I'm, you know, shooting. So hmm. that's my story. Okay. So you cheat when you play because you know there are certain instances where there's no way – no, but if you're not keeping score, then does it matter how many? I, uh, hmm. I, uh, I, I, I just a totally casual golfer. Me and my buddies. Yeah, no, we I all kind of do the same thing. I got you. you. All right, all right, um, Tom. It's it's just some fun. <laughs> I got you, Tom. Tom and his cheating buddies. I don't. I'm not. All right, maybe Michelle. Michelle and Grafton. All right, Michelle. Can you explain to a non-golfer why the element of cheating is so prevalent? Well, I, he stole my line. You cheat because you can. There's just so many more opportunities afforded to you. When you're golfing or when you're bowling, you yeah. throw a ball. With, down a, it's a small pathway, Alley. wider for some of us than for those of us who aren't great, great uh, bowlers. But... Uh, when you golf, there's nobody around you unless it's like, you know, a professional game. You, I'd pick my ball up, carry it out of the woods, put it nicely on the green and hit it again. Mm. I mean, you know, you just, you do. And same thing in tennis sometimes, you know. Oh. Um, our family played tennis and there were a lot of people who were like, that was on the line. And, you know, unless it's a game where there's line judges, okay. you have to take people's words for it. So, you know. Huh. All right. I did not. Thanks, Michelle. I did not consider... Do not consider the game of tennis as a cheatable sport, but maybe it's on the line, it's out, but you just play it. Um, Rick, Fox Valley. Rick, the cheating in this sport yes, so sir. far, Rick, here's here, the calls ahead of you have established that you cheat in golf because you can. Uh, you cheat in golf because you're old and you're not good anymore if you ever were good. Um, yeah. Not really being sold on it, but go well, ahead, have a yeah. shot at it. <laughs> well, when you when you first made the statement that uh, that, that golf is synonymous with cheating, I took took umbrage with that because I've been playing golf all my life, um, and in, in listening to some of the comments, yeah, I can resemble some of those remarks. I'm old. Um, I'm I'm a mediocre golfer. Um, but I play league. I've been playing leagues for you know, 30, 35 years. And in league play, I don't see anybody cheating. Um, it's, it's a pretty honorable, you know, I mean, the honor is on you to be honest with yourself. I, I don't see it so much in league now, given what somebody had said. If I'm out playing, you know, my wife and I are out on a Sunday afternoon, and we're playing, and there's nothing at stake. All right, if I hit a bad shot, yeah, I'll take another one. But I'm not necessarily scoring 
and trying to do anything. So I don't look at it from that standpoint as, as cheating uh, because there's, there's nothing there's nothing really involved. I'm out there. For me, it's more, all right, I hit a bad shot. Let me practice and try to hit a better shot. Hmm. Does it bother you as somebody who so, seems to, you know, to be so passionate about the integrity of the game? Does it bother you? And I'm not talking PGA. I'm just talking... You know, going out with the guys or the gals and just playing around. Does it bother you that when people maybe would, if I were golfing with you, Rick, and I eh, kicked my ball here or or maybe moved this or did that, would would that get under your skin? It would to a degree, but it also it would also depend on you know are are we playing for something or are we just out having fun? Okay, you know if I'm out there with my buddies just having fun. You know, it, it's for me. It's, it's being outside. It's exercise. It's something to do. Mm. I'm retired. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I work on a golf course uh, as as a ranger, um, and and it works out just fine. Fair enough. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Hit him straight, Rick. Hit him straight. And then we'll close. Good point here in the two six two. You're often at a distance from other golfers. And have to keep score of others as well. You can't even see the other golfers, you know, at the time, and you would have to count other players' scores as well. Other sports, bowling, even tennis, things like that. It's obvious what the score actually. So it's easier. It's just, I mean, there's another reason. It's it's easier to uh, fudge the rules, give yourself a little better. I, I just I, every once in a while, look, I, I I tee something up. No pun intended. I tee something up that uh, I'm not that familiar with because I'm not a golfer, and I go, is this bother people? Why? Why is that the case? And again, not saying the president. There are a couple people in the text line going, Scott, why do you have to? I'm not doubting that Trump didn't get a hole in one. Fine. It was the great, it was the greatest golf shot in the history of the sport is what I'm hearing. I'm not saying he cheated this time. You know, I was thinking about Kind of related to the uh, integrity of golf and cheating little chat we had right there. Um, there's those moments where you have to decide, right? In your life. I'm talking about smaller moments, not big moments. Where you have to decide, do I do right or do I do wrong? Here I am, off the fairway. Nobody can see me. My playing partners are maybe up a ways or back a ways. I could kick the ball, give myself a better lie. Do I or don't I? We are left right there, just just us, by our lonesome, in a momentary decision-making process based on integrity. Do I, do I do what's right? Do I do what's wrong? It reminded me, though, I've said this on the air before. I know I've told others. Follow me here. You know when I, as a non-golfer, you know when I feel that same way? I feel that same way. And Jane Matinair, who's handling the newscast, I just told you this like last week. We were talking about this when it comes to moments of integrity. And I I, I was telling, I can't, very uh, deja vu here. My moment of integrity comes when I am sitting at a stoplight, middle of the night, wee hours in the morning, whatever. There, there's no traffic out there whatsoever. And it's a red light for me, and I'm sitting there idling, right, waiting for it to go green, and you look to the left, and there's not a car to the horizon, and you look to the right, and there's not a vehicle to the horizon, you look ahead of you, nope, no headlights, 
Uh, you look behind you. There's nobody behind. There is nobody. We've all been in those situations. And yet you wait at that red light. Well, you should, at least. Wait at that red light. And you do not go. I could go. Nobody would see me. It's like I could give myself a better lie on the golf course. Nobody can see me. I'm, 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 I'm in the rough. I'm in the woods. But I don't. I could, I could blow through this red light, but I don't. I joked with you last week, Jane, that I said that for me is the, it, it's the baseline for a civilized society. We have to agree on some rules. <laughs> we, we have to agree on some basic rules or it's going to be chaos, right? That's, that's right. That's right. And for me, it comes, there, there's no more stark image or example of a civilized society and I want folks, think about this next time, because it'll happen sooner than you think or more often than you think. When you're at a, at a red light and you could easily go and maybe you're running late, but you don't because you know it's just flat out wrong. I thought of that last Sunday. I'm sitting at an intersection. I was a, a little late for church. It was like five minutes going to start. The bells are going to start ringing. And there I am stand, uh, standing. There I am idling in my car, maybe like three minutes away yet. And I and this is like the longest red light ever. And I'm going, I could go. And I thought about conversations. Like, this is the moment. I could just go through, let alone at the church thing. That that's a whole other layer well, of that does that does add a new dimension to the whole to the whole thing. And I didn't, and doggone it. Civilized society maintains its um <sighs> maintains its integrity. At least this time. Two hours down, one to go. Stick with us. Scott Warris in for Jeff Wagner on a Tuesday. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Warris. Two o'clock hour. It started fading it down. I, I was swallowing a drink of water here. A two o'clock hour on a Tuesday. Okay, can I just get this off my chest for, se- for just a second? The, ne- the NFL, they got it wrong. The NFL has got it wrong. Could you be more specific? Because they tend to get it wrong on a lot of things a lot of times. Um, everybody doesn't, I didn't say everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of people, have not enjoyed, have not liked the overtime rule. You know what the overtime rule is? You get the ball, if you score a touchdown, it's over. Well, that's not fair. It's not fair. Let everybody have it. Let everybody get a touchdown. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. They've changed it today so that in the playoffs, in the playoffs, you get the ball, and then you get the ball. You're both going to get the ball. You're both going to get the ball in the playoffs. You know why you got it wrong? Because sometimes those regular season games are even more important than the playoff games. That's why it's wrong. Why not just make the change to everything? It's kind of like you're wading into the water a little bit here. You're just kind of tiptoeing into the deep end. Hmm. I know this was one that got people's ire up in the playoffs. Why can't we all have the football? Just do it for everything. You got it wrong in this respect. Do it for all the games. More entertaining, more hope, more stuff like that. that. I guess, but you got it wrong. You got it wrong. I don't know. Somebody said sudden death was the way to go. They should have never changed it. I don't. I don't necessarily agree that that. 
Am I being too uh, too soft in a way? Not everybody has to have the ball the whole time, Scott. Sometimes life's not fair. Not everybody gets the ball in life, Rachel. There's larger lessons <laughs> to be learned. Hey, speaking of lessons to be learned, so where are we with the Oscars discussion? Where are not not the discussion? Where are we with the debate? Like, is everybody good now? Are we all? Is everybody happy with the apologies that have been uh, disseminated to all the various corners? I mean, you had the Will Smith late last night put out an apology uh, on social media, I think it was. He didn't speak the apology. I thought it was I thought it was pretty legit. You know, my my BS meter is usually pretty good on apologies and that seemed pretty legit. It wasn't overly legal. There wasn't a lot of okay, his lawyer clearly wrote this thing. It seemed pretty sincere, I guess, is what I'm saying. As sincere as a printed statement can be. Uh, Chris Rock has apologized. The Academy is still talking about it. Is it possible they take away the Oscar? Is it possible? Possible. Oh gosh, I don't know about that. I feel like things have cooled a little bit here. Two forty-eight hours later, am I wrong? Maybe it just took that day for. For everybody to kind of get it out of their system. And it got a little heated there for a while. Now everybody's everybody head to their corners. By the way, you know who do you know who's who could cash in? And I kind of mean that literally. Who could kind of cash in is uh Chris Rock. You know how Chris Rock could cash in on what happened? Because demand and prices for the tickets to his comedy tour have, not surprisingly, surged. Since Sunday night, surged. He's kicking off a tour uh, next, no, Friday, Saturday, this weekend, April 2nd, following a brief stop at a theater in Boston. Ticket prices for the tour uh, include stops in 30 North American cities. They rose from a minimum of $46 per ticket. If you wanted to see Chris Rock during this 30-city tour, if you wanted to see him 10 days ago, it cost you $46. This is the secondary market, obviously. Do you know what costs right now? $341. <laughs> That's right. From 46 to $341 in the matter of 10 days because he got slapped on national television on the biggest awards show of all awards shows. Also, um, the ticketing agency said that from Sunday night through yesterday, so Sunday night through Monday, the company sold more tickets to the Comedians Tour than they did all of the past month. I said it on WTMJ Nights, weeknight 6 to 9 when there isn't a game. I said it last night. This is the best thing to have happened to the Academy Awards. You may think it's stupid. You may think it was staged. It wasn't. You may think it was the most uh, hellacious uh, act of violence on live television since, I don't know, something else. Whatever you think, whatever you think about it, you have got to admit it was and has been and is the best thing that that show could have ever have happened to it. Nobody was talking about it. I saw a panel yesterday. I saw a panel on, what was it, on CNN? Um, what's his name? Jake Tapper, the political guy. 
Jake Tapper was hosting a roundtable discussion about what happened. Do you realize what it takes to get Jake Tapper to talk about the Oscars? It takes what happened on Sunday. There are people... I'm talking about it. Do you think the Oscars would have been talked about two days after, between the hours of noon and three? Hell no! Of course not! Is there such a thing as bad PR? Mm, That's certainly debatable. Chris Rock is cashing in. His tour is as popular as ever. Those who are responsible for the ticket revenue, Rock and others, and maybe his, uh, you know, his his team around him, they're cashing in because the tickets have is that triple? No, that's more than almost quadruple. I can't do math. In ten days, the Academy Awards. People are still talking about the Academy. What will be? Because that's the next thing, right? This is the next discussion. Until the Academy Awards announce what they're going to do about him, people like me are going to go, what are they going to do about him? If I'm the Oscars, I milk this thing. Milk it. Now, you can't go on for weeks and weeks, but you can milk it through the end of the week. Like, you can give yourself a week to decide uh, uh, the Academy is uh, meeting in a closed-door session, and uh, we are going to decide what to do with Will Smith and the uh, uh, flagrant violence uh, that was committed on national television. And we're going to be, is he going to get it removed? Is he going to get the Oscar taken away? What about the trophy? What about this? What about that? Milk it. Milk it. Milk it. That's what I'm saying. Best thing to have ever happened to the Oscars. And apparently, best thing to have happened to Chris Rock's comedy tour in a long, long time as well. I might go see. I was thinking about it. I'm, he's not. I don't know if he's coming. To, is he coming to Milwaukee? I didn't look at every 30 city stop on the tour. Does he comment? He has to comment about it in his act, right? Oh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be front and center. If you're Chris Rock and now you're heading out on tour, people are going to boo you. People are going to be upset if you don't reference it. Think of all the. I'm not a comedian. I don't know if there's any stand up people out there think of all the material though you now have as a stand-up comedian you just got slapped on national television during the oscars that material is that's gold jerry gold that boy that'll last the entire 30 city tour will smith's pr Mm, i mean I, I don't think anybody's not going to see a Will Smith move. All, all Will Smith in terms of PR and, let's be honest, in terms of revenue and dollars and cents, the only way he's impacted if people stop going to his movies. And I don't think people are going to stop going to see Will Smith movies because of what happened at the Oscars of 2022. I don't think that that's going to happen at all. Primarily because it's going to be a while until he has another movie put out, probably, just you know, with production time and things like that. So, between that and what I just got done saying about the Oscars, I don't know if there are any really real losers in this. I mean, usually in things like this, there's a loser somewhere. I don't know if there's a loser in this situation. Am I missing somebody? Am I missing some entity, something? Anybody who does not come out, maybe you didn't look good in the moment, but in the end, how much did you really lose for it?
somebody lose their job. Whoever's responsible for the censor button. I was reading the backstory. There's some really fascinating int- stories about, and even if you think the whole thing is stupid and overblown, you should still read about what happened in the like the production truck at AB, ABC, yeah, ABC, about the censors and uh, the executives, when it happened, how it happened, how long to hold the button. I learned it's a 20-second delay. We have Janet Jackson to think for, uh, to, to to thank for that. That was 2004, by the way. Do you realize that the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction was 2004? But ever since then, like every event, every live event is in some degree of delay, just like we are here on on radio. It's been the case for a long time. So they had a 20 second delay, and they realized that the moment. That Chris Rock swore because the, the the slap made it, and then he said something like, "Will Smith just smacked the blank out of me." When they heard that, that's when the powers that be realized, "Okay, this is real. This is a legit thing," because Chris Rock knows not to swear in this venue on this stage. He's been a host many times, and that's when they hit the magic dump button, so to speak, or they put it in delay. They muted it. Right, they had a little bit of a cut. Then they muted it, and then the. But what I love is that in this great day and age of social media, you had a situation where I'm not even on Twitter, and within like five minutes, I had the Japanese broadcast version sent to me, Australian version, all these foreign broadcasts either didn't have the delay or the closed captioning at the bottom allowed you to see it or allowed you to read the words that rock said that smith said it's some of the inner workings of it and maybe maybe i don't know rachel maybe we just geek out on this stuff because we're in like we're in like broadcasting we're not quite in broadcasting we're like in broadcasting and so you go man what happened behind the scenes the hand wringing the executives heads will roll so maybe maybe there's a loser somewhere in the back. Although they did a good job. I mean, they hit the button. We we didn't hear the cursing and swearing go out over ABC, go out over the American ABC broadcast of the event. So maybe the jobs were done well there. And I don't think anybody was going to see anything like that coming. So I was I was going to speculate that maybe like an intern lost their job because when things like that happen, sometimes the intern loses their well, internship at least. But I don't know if that could even be said about ABC in this instance. I'm not even sure. I was talking uh, with somebody earlier about the last time anything on this scale happened. And I had, uh, at an awards show, and I had forgotten that there was a streaker. You know the streaker? In 74, there was the Oscar streaker. Somebody, you talk about a security breakdown. <laughs> Could you imagine that happening nowadays? There was uh, David Niven, right? I don't know if he was accepting an award or presenting an award, but um, behind him, all of a sudden, here came the streaker, right behind David Niven. Yeah, and so, quite frankly, if you think about the Academy Awards, and I know the Warren Beatty mishap, reading the wrong, that was certainly a yeesh moment for the Academy, but. I'm pretty much going back to since the '74 streaker, nothing on this, nothing on this level. And you think what could anything else come of it in the future? And uh, I don't know. If anybody, 
If anybody has any other good ones I should take into consideration, I'm happy to uh, 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 welcome that at 855-616-1620. But I like putting things in context. I like having us kind of understand where this moment ranks in history. And again, it is entertainment. It is not the most important thing I know. Stop yelling at me on the text line. But still, just to have some sort of context for this. And you had the the slap of 2022. You had the streaker of 74. And with the exception of the Warren Beatty mishap, it was a lot of uh, a lot of boring in between at the Academy Awards. How about that? Speaking of Jeff, this week's sponsor for Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank, is Poblaki Paving Corporation, Wisconsin's only 100% employee-owned paving contractor. Call them today at 414-476-9130, 414-476-9130, or visit poblakipaving.com. Jane, you're reminding me uh, that... Uh, David Niven played it off pretty well. I wasn't aware that he he was very quick-witted. This, of course, in 1974, Academy Awards. Streaker gets past whatever security they had at the Academy Awards in the early 70s. Yeah, we still don't know how that happened, yeah, right? Yeah, somebody must have lost their job for that. Um, and then he played it off, uh, David Niven. He played it off really well. I mean, I, I think that speaks to the uh, the creativity of the thespian mind that he was able to come up with a pretty quick, uh, a pretty quick, witty one-liner. Yeah, this is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but ultimately it was. Isn't it something? The biggest laugh this guy ever had required him to strip off and show off his shortcomings. <laughs> it's good, which was brilliant. It's good, you know, right off the top of his head. I thought that was quite impressive. So uh, it was also mentioned uh, during the break that. Uh, if you remember, uh, Marlon Brando, instead of accepting his Academy Award, his Best Actor Award for his performance in The Godfather, mind you, which was honored in a very weird way on Sunday, I thought. But um, he had um, an American actress, a model, and a Native American civil rights activist, uh, Mary or Marie Louise Cruz, also known as Sashin Littlefeather, accept his award. And that was in 73. So that was a kind of if you talk about these whoa what is what is happening on my live television program right now you had that in 73 you have a streaker in 74 uh, going into the 75 academy awards they were probably going all right everybody just how buttoned down can we make this particular um, can we make this particular award uh, show i don't know it's fascinating people were speculating that uh, this could forever alter the Academy Awards presentation. I don't. I mean, we're not going to have... What are they going to do to prevent something like that from happening again? I don't know that they have to. It was a one-off on Sunday. Does this... It's silly. I I don't know how you can prevent it. There's nothing to prevent, uh, quite frankly. It was just um, a moment that will live in infamy. But like I said, if you can go from 74 to 2002 without something like that, minus Warren Beatty, I suppose, you're doing okay. Scott Warra sitting in for Jeff today. I'll be back with you again on Thursday. As we hit the home stretch on this Tuesday edition of the Wagner List program, whether I'm in for Jeff, whether I'm in for Steve, whether I do the night show at night, I always make a little time for this! Great Scott! Didn't miss a beat, Rachel. 
Rachel Fry. It's the first time you know we've you we've you we've worked together before. We try not to, but we do. Okay. Police in Brookville, Brookville, not Brookville, Brookville, Pennsylvania, say a general manager at the Denny's restaurant embezzled $217,159. Police say they were dispatched to the restaurant on March 9th over concerns about cash deposits that were made. Officers say they looked over all the accounting records, which showed general manager, 34-year-old Erica Kennedy, stole $217,159.37 over a nine-month period starting in May of 2021. Investigators say Kennedy allegedly admitted to the thefts in a phone call with the accounting company that oversees financial business through Denny's. A warrant has been issued for Kennedy's arrest. On the surface, seems like a pretty benign story. Not a lot of razzle-dazzle to it. And yet, you know what question, and maybe you're like me, what question I always think, or one of the, if not the first thing that comes to my mind, whenever I read a story about somebody embezzling thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds, in this case, hundreds of thousands of dollars, do you know what I think? How does nobody else ring that bell, raise their hand, and say, um, we're missing $10,000. We're missing $20,000. That's a big amount. We're missing $50,000. I can't track the last $80,000. What about $100,000? Keep it going. $150,000. It got to $217,000. $217,159,000 in nine months. Like, this isn't some, this is, uh, what was her name at the cost? Sue Sashiva. Remember that? There's a blast from the past. People, do you remember that name? I think she embezzled millions. But you think about it. How does that happen in such a short amount of time before anybody goes, uh, something doesn't look right in the books? To embezzle over $217,000 in nine months? That's bold. That is brash. Brazen! Maybe she thought she got away with it for a while, but not forever. Right, Scott! All right. Um, yeah, the gas prices right now stink, and it's uh, painful every time I fill up. We're all in the same club. At least for the most part, unless you drive an electric vehicle or a hybrid or something like that, it's not quite as painful. Here's an idea that I will not try. Massachusetts man says, I've got the answer. Rick Madeira has taken to riding, I didn't know this was a thing, his electric unicycle to work, saving on gas and cutting his commute time in the process. It's more convenient. It's obviously more fun. All right. Maybe you can convince me. Electric unicycle. No, you can't convince me. You know why? Because it's just what it is. There's no seat or handlebars. Is it really a unicycle then? Just places for your feet. What were those things called for Christmas? Was that a, uh, like a hoverboard or something like that? It wasn't really a hoverboard. But it's basically that. You balance 
It goes 70 to 80 miles on one charge and reaches speeds of up to 40 miles an hour, although he rarely goes that fast. That's pretty fast or something like that. He says, it literally takes me four minutes to get to work versus about eight minutes in a vehicle. Wow, he cut his travel time in half. How about it? He's allowed to ride on the sidewalk. I don't like that, but usually sticks to the road, keeping to the shoulder when possible. He can also move to the front of the line at red lights, just like cyclists, entitled bicyclists. His advice to those interested in buying an electric unicycle, which sell for more than 2000 and I would recommend this as well, wear protective and reflective gear. Be respectful of the pedestrians. And then, of course, it's the future. In 10 or 20 years, I'm sure I won't even have to bring it up. Now, see, that's the thing. There's going to be all kinds of great inventions, fuel-saving, transportation options across the board. I get that, but in 10 to 20 years, we're not all going to be riding our electric unicycles. People said that about a lot of things. What was the... um, what was the name? No, it wasn't the scooter. This was maybe like 10 or... No, that would be like 15 years ago. Um, it's kind of like that, except it has handles. Segway! Thank you. Thank you, Nick Van Wagenen. Segway! Remember the Segway? We were all going to have Segways. It was like 15 years ago. Oh, Segway. When's the last time you saw somebody on a Segway? Exactly. Exactly. There it is. A Tuesday Wagnerless show edition of Great Scott. You may have seen them out there popping up on lawns in neighborhoods all over town. Those green Donovan signs. They're just little signs, but they say an awful lot about the city and the people that live here. They say you don't believe in big money politics or buying an election on TV. It says you believe in better. Better, safer streets through community policing. Better education by putting the power of choice in the hands of families. It says not just more cops, but more better cops on the street in touch with neighborhoods they serve. The green signs say you believe in values like pride and respect for people and property. It says all neighborhoods are important, not just the Gold Coast downtown. It says we can use technology to curb reckless driving and crack down on car theft. It says you've had it with excuses. You want a man that'll get the job done. Those green signs represent the spirit of Milwaukee, the people that make it great. And I'm proud to have them on my team. I'm Bob Donovan, and I approve this message paid for by Donovan for Mayor Steve Smith Treasurer. The famous Fox and Hounds restaurant is one of Wisconsin's premier dining destinations. WTMJ's John Merck here, here. My wife, Michelle, and I love the Fox and Hounds. The food is world class, the staff is wonderful, and your second dinner is always free. The Fox and Hounds has won top choice awards for the best in fine dining, most romantic restaurant, and best Sunday brunch. It is the best. It's so affordable because when you buy one dinner, your second is free. Desserts and ice cream drinks, and I love these. Buy one, get one free. Order your favorite steak, the pecan-crusted salmon, steak and lobster, or your favorite salad, and your second dinner is always free. If you're looking for a fun, rewarding job to make real money, work at the Fox and Hounds. New servers, busters, and hostesses are valued. We love the servers at the Fox and Hounds. Some of them have become like friends. Inquire today. Start next week. Go out tonight for an early week dinner at the Fox and Hounds. It's quiet, relaxing, and your second dinner is free. Going to lift your spirits just off Highway 167 near Holy Hill.
We're the Libby family. At Do-It-Yourself Bathroom Center near State Fair on 62nd and Greenfield. If your bathroom needs work, we're the place to go. Our people really know their stuff. And we install. And nobody beats our prices. Remember our slogan? I I did did it myself myself at Do-It-Yourself. Now, it's more important than ever to have quality health care. United Healthcare Plans just received a 5 out of 5 stars rating for quality and service. That's the highest rating possible. Plus, with coverage from United Healthcare, you can get more for your Medicare dollar. With great benefits like $0 for Tier 1 prescriptions, $0 copays on primary care and virtual visits, dental, vision, and hearing coverage, and much more. Switch to a top-rated plan from United Healthcare and get the health care you deserve. Call United Healthcare today at 1-800-SHOP-UHC. That's 1-800-SHOP-UHC. United Healthcare is there to help you get even more from your benefits. That number again is 1-800-SHOP-UHC. Benefits, features, or devices vary by plan and area. Limitations and exclusions apply. Every year, Medicare evaluates plans based on a five-star rating system. Medicare Advantage plan star rating applies to contract numbers H0294, H2001, H2226, H3794, H4590, H5253, and H5420 that are rated five out of five stars for 2022. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Tying up a few loose ends here. Always appreciate the folks on the text line who do the math for me. That story about the local Denny's manager, general manager in uh, uh, a city in Pennsylvania that embezzled $217,000 in nine months. Thank you for the math. That's like twenty between twenty four dollars and $25,000 a month. Again, every time you hear one of those stories, just ask yourself, how is it it can go on for that length of time and nobody go, uh, excuse me, something's not adding up here. We're short a few thousand dollars month after month. However, if you actually dig into some of these stories, and I don't have the, even more details into this one, but there are other stories of embezzlement. It's usually a situation where whoever's doing the embezzling, obviously they are the money person. They are the financial overseer of overseers. And it's usually in a... In an environment, at a business, sometimes it's at a church, uh, you know, maybe a nonprofit. It's usually in a position where people maybe are just a little too naive. And so you have all that power over the pocketbook of the business. It's all concentrated in one person. Nobody else is the wiser. And you're able to somehow siphon off $24,000, $25,000 per month. That's bold. That is. Anyway, yes, and uh, <laughs> people are telling me, I love it, it it's like, uh, I saw a Segway once, really, tell me about the time you saw the Segway, <laughs> Jeff and Fox Point, I saw someone riding a Segway in Mayfair Mall once, yeah, but Jeff, go back, go back and tell yourself of uh, 2005, tell your 2005 self. I'm going to see one. That was the rage. That was it. Yeah, the um, the Segway is the hoverboard without the handle. Okay? And then uh, the guy in Massachusetts, he has the electric unicycle, which is basically the hoverboard juiced up to go 40 miles per hour. And, yes, great insight on the text line as well. It only took you eight minutes to drive a car? Doesn't sound like long. How much gas can you possibly be burning if it only takes you eight minutes to drive a car? That's my philosophy with a lot of 
and I'm not against forward thinking and technology and fuel efficient transportation and, and, and innovation. Who am I, Rachel? So help me God. Who am I to stand in the way of, of great American invention and innovation? But sometimes you just got to pump the brakes when it comes to setting an end goal or, or, or setting a time when this is, oh, this is going to be the most popular fill in the blank for our conversation here, transportation. I'm always skeptical of that. I mean, look at the Jetsons example. It's 2022. Should we not have all had flying cars by now? If you really want to take it back a few decades, whenever you hear of the next amazing car, scooter, hoverboard, whatever it is, pump the brakes when you get to the person saying, and in uh, the year 2050, we're all going to have one. No, because it takes a long time to get people out of habits. I haven't even ridden the trolley yet downtown, quite frankly. I'm still more of a car guy. Bird scooters coming back. Scooter, we're going to get scooters back this, this summer. Are they coming back? Do we know that for sure? We should probably see them on the streets soon. I mean, I know we're supposed to get a little snow tomorrow. Speaking of other forms of transportation, uh, the lime, the bird, and the other one that I can't remember. So there will be those opportunities as well. And um, lest everybody think that everybody will be on a scooter and give it 20 years. Everybody downtown, we're not even going to have streets. Everybody's just going to be using scooters. Stop it. That is not at all. That is not at all the case. That was one of those big stories, incidentally, the scooters. Scooters are one of the big stories pre-pandemic. I will never forget that. That was like the topic. I was talking about it. Jeff, Steve, everybody was scooter, scooter, scooter. The summer of the scooter, that would have been the, the, the summer of 2019. The summer of the scooters. That was uh, the year the, uh, those were introduced to Milwaukee. We had the testing. There was pandemonium throughout. And then the pandemic hit. And like a lot of things in life, it kind of recalibrated our thinking. You think back a little bit on all the things that you thought were very important and were life and death situations or, or life and death issues and topics and things like that. I think of it through radio lenses, as it were. It was scooters. You know the other thing that I remember from late 2019, early 2020? I was complaining a lot about straws, right? Yes. The, the departure from the plastic straw to the paper straws. These were the things that got me upset. I mean, I still, you know, moan about silly things. But if you didn't use COVID and the pandemic to kind of recalibrate what gets you upset, what gets you animated, what gets under your skin, what should really be a concern and should be discussed, that's maybe one of the silver linings of it all. But, uh, yeah. Scooters and straws. It was a simpler time then. And then the pandemic happened and everything changed. We'll wrap things up in just a couple of minutes. We'll also get a preview of Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Mercure is back. Wisconsin's Afternoon News is back. There's been vacations. There have been Brewers broadcasts. As God is my witness, there will be a Wisconsin's Afternoon News coming up next. Thank you to the text that says, Scott, you also discussed wind and Roman numerals a lot. That one made it through the pandemic. That is still one that I bring, especially the wind. God, it's a horrible thing. Wrapping things up, <laughs> Jeff, 
is out this week. Um, appreciate all of you for calling, emailing, texting. Most of all, you tuned in, you logged on, you listened, and I do so appreciate it. You found me at uh, noon today, noon to 3. I'll be back Thursday for Jeff again from 12 until 3 on Thursday afternoon. Thanks to Rachel Fry, uh, Fry. 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 for producing the big program.